Hey, this is Matt, and welcome back to Food Under Fire, where we explore the grace and resilience of hospitality folk in a year that grows ever more uncertain. Today's episode was one of the broadest conversations I've had in a while. Even though we got into her story quite a bit, we couldn't help but discuss the future of work and how the idea of a career will evolve as a result of the pandemic. On top of that, what does it look like to be an entrepreneur in this time? What we're going through right now is what I call trial by fire. For those of us who are fortunate enough to be working on creative projects, it is an opportunity to really have our grit and creativity tested, because I believe if we can get through this, we can get through anything. And that's not excluding those in other fields as well, even those who are struggling to find work. This event can only strengthen our resolve. We can only get better from this. Before we get into today's episode, be sure to follow the podcast on the official Instagram page, which you can now find at Food Under Fire Pod. You can find it on Facebook as well under the same name. I'll also include a link to the newly created Food Under Fire YouTube channel. I'm trying to get in the habit of filming the first half of these podcast conversations, so if you want to check that out, visit the link in the description or visit my social media pages. The one I did with the British private chef Joe Seddon is up, so check that out. If you enjoy the show, consider subscribing on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can also share with a friend or leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks. Liza Atkinson is the definition of a foodie. She had an early love for food growing up in Wisconsin. Cooking with her family, she would often go far beyond simple meals. This love was carried into adulthood when she moved to Minnesota. She became part of a gourmet cooking club and for the past decade has been gathering with them each month for themed dinner parties. These parties got so much attention that people were practically begging Liza how to join or start their own. From there, she started her business, Nosh and Gather, which was centered around pop-up dinner parties. This then evolved into heat-and-eat meals. Oh, and by the way, she was doing all of this on top of raising a family. Crazy. (laughs) So then the pandemic came, and her business, which is not even a year old, faced a major challenge. How would Nash and Gather evolve to meet the needs of a new world? Well, this and more is exactly what Liza and I talked about. Like usual, I got there early to set up. Okay, doing some location scouting right now. I'm at uh, Lake Phelan once again. The same location of last week's episode. And I'm looking to see if I can frame up a shot of the lake itself. So, yeah, we'll see. Really windy out. Um, but thankfully I have this wind guard thing on the recorder. Also surprisingly chilly. I, I, I'm actually dressed in several layers right now. The first time I've had to do something like that this, well, in, in recent memory. I like when it starts to get colder, so I don't know. I just like bundling up. It feels comfy. I'm sure some of you can relate to that. Soon enough, from a distance, I can see Liza. I attempt to begin a conversation as she's approaching, practically yelling over the wind. 
Okay, so before before I say anything, I need to make sure I get the pronunciation of your name right. Yeah. It's... No, I'm not going to even guess. You go, because I think it's a little bit of a tricky name. It's Liza. Liza, okay. Liza Minnelli. Right, okay, got it. We talk briefly about the weather, as Midwesterners tend to do, and naturally transitioned into a conversation about work. That goes in this conversation of... Um, I always have with people who are kind of entrepreneurial, doing their own thing. It's just uh-huh. like, how do you how do you approach your work? Do you do you have a plan, or do you just kind of fly by the seat of your pants? You just kind of do like the flow of life yeah. method. Yeah. I mean, the latter. I just I feel like the latter is is what I've been doing as well. But it's kind of freaky to do it that way because I feel like it's kind of beaten into us that we need to have some idea of what we want to do in stone of some kind. But don't you think too? Like gone are the days of where you picked a career. Maybe that's what you, is still within me, and I need to get right, rid of. Right, because I think our parents <laughs> and our grandparents—that was their generation. Yeah. You picked a career. You went to school for something. You picked a career. Right. You got a job at Honeywell, and you worked there your entire career. You know, you. Yeah. And that just isn't the way the world works anymore. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's what my my dad and my grandfather really beat into me. Um, my grandfather, just especially being the kind of, you know, stricter, more stoic kind of person who went through the Great Depression and has yeah. like a no-nonsense thing towards life. Right. I don't think he really understands what I'm doing. No. And I don't think he really is paying attention to that because he can't like comprehend, you know, if you're not doing a nine-to-five right. type dealio and you're having a family in your 20s, right. like what are you doing? And, right. and that, was, that has been really beat into me. So that's why I just have this confusion of like, I'm kind of just winging it and it's working out, but I feel like this is not the way to do it. I don't know. It's really yeah. interesting. And I think we're, we're in a period where we are just now making that transition of career mindsets Yeah. from the old way to the new way. And it's really interesting because there's, I know, I personally know some people in my generation or just my peers in general who are still holding on to that older mindset. Oh yeah. And, uh, it's it's you live life how you want to live life yeah. it's no judgment on them but i just find that interesting and but don't you think it's due to globalization that we live in this global economy now you know your grandfather couldn't even imagine an right. economy like this the ability to travel anywhere the ability to be online and connected and communicate with anyone at any time 24 7 i right. mean like when he was your age he couldn't even imagine what that would be like so i think globalization has been the thing that's kind of turned careers and turned paths to do whatever you want you right know? and for better for worse right because due to the internet you could be asked to work all day all night because right. it's there right yeah my husband works in it so yeah he struggles with that a little bit about mm. he's got people who are working while he's sleeping and vice versa and right. just the ability like you're always on he's always has his phone and he's always on and connected so yeah i think Again, your grandfather couldn't have. He went. He went home at five o'clock. I mean, it was he was done right. working. You know, so it's just different. Right. Yeah, it's different, and it's not even different in a good way or a bad way. Just certain right. values have shifted, right. and now we're just kind of going along with those shifted values. And it, it's it it's kind of cool to see, but uh, it's I can't. I thinking this way is something I've been trying to do less because I think it's no good, but. It's going to be interesting to see how this shift continues and right. see what it's going to become ultimately. Right. Like the other day I was 
you know, I'm, I'm 26. The other day I was on a walk and I just had this really weird thought of, man, what am I going to be doing in like 2050 or 2060? I'm likely going to live that long. Like what are things going to look like right. then? And it's just, I just, I got into this really weird mode of thinking where if things have changed this, like if you think of like 1950 to 2020, the yeah. amount of things that have changed in that time period, it's just imagine, crazy. you know, 2020 to 2090. Yeah. This is a wormhole conversation yeah. we're going off, but <laughs> it's I mean, okay. it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how work continually changes. Um, right. No. And maybe swings back, maybe swings back to more traditional hours, traditional mindset. Like the idea, I think millennials are kind of rejecting the idea that you're expected to work all the time, right. you know, like setting yeah. boundaries around that. Yeah. So it'll be, yeah, it'll be interesting like for my kids to kind of see what the landscape looks like when they're grown. Right. Yeah. Well, your kids, how, how many kids do you have? I have three. You have three. Okay. Yep. What are their ages? Um, 12, nine and six. Wow. Yeah. They all started school today, so. Yeah, they're, wow. <laughs> yeah. They're certainly going to be looped into a whole new world that even that we can't comprehend. Right. I mean, my 12-year-old has already built a computer. He's <laughs> oh coding. Gosh. You know what I mean? Like, he's, go, like, gone beyond my capacity years ago already, you know? Like, he codes things all the time, you know? And I, he speaks a foreign language to me. Wow. And I'm just like, but how great for him at 12 that he, you know, has that skill set and is taking that to... But it's all of his friends code. I mean, it's very much kind of what kids are into right now at that age. And, but I think of myself at 12, you know, we were doing Oregon Trail on a computer. You know what I mean? (laughs) As as was I. Yeah. It's very, it's very different, but kind of exciting too. Yeah. Well, let's, let's loop them into the, I mean, there's a lot that I like to talk about, but let's loop them into the the COVID-19 situation. How have they been handling it? Yeah, it's been rough. It, you know... That initial kind of week of incoming, you know, shut down and we were supposed to go to Florida for spring Uh. break that week. And so that whole weekend kind of before the stay at home was given by the governor, you know, we'd been kind of prepping them like, okay, you know, we're, we're kind of making some decisions here. We might not go on spring break. Of course, we'd been talking about it for months and just, you know, um, but it just was kind of scary and you know and then at first they were excited like oh my gosh we get to be home for three weeks like because they had an extended spring break school kind of like closed for three weeks to kind of like scramble with what are we going to do for the rest of the year and then as we dove into distance learning and it became more of a reality it just it was rough it was and they were missing it I mean a couple weeks of novelty and then it was back to when do we go back to school mom when And, like, throughout the rest of the spring it was. Well, they extended it through, like, May 1st. Maybe we'll get to go back to school in May. Maybe we'll get to go back to school for two weeks in June. It was just this constant, you know, fingers crossed kind of hopefulness, even though my husband and I looked at each other like, there's no way they're going back to school. Um, And then we were, you know, together all summer, all plans canceled, and um, have just spent a lot of time together, which has been great. But has sucked as well because, you know, five people in a house and you get sick of each other. And um, just kind of in late July, early August, we kind of opened up the circle a little bit to get some of their friends over for one-on-one play dates and to just be outside because we were sort of looking ahead to fall and winter when we're probably going to be back inside again. Like, okay, let's get some friend time in now. Um, 
and they just they got tired of screens they got tired of doing school yeah which is crazy to say for kids right kids of this particular generation they're so glued to those screens for them to get tired of it it's like oh okay but after zoom play dates and zoom you know with friends and classroom zooms and everything you know at the end of the day they were just like i don't want to do this anymore um so yeah it was a real shift and a challenge and they're they're excited about school starting today. Two of them are in person. One's home doing hybrid. Um, for how long? Who knows? Yeah. But they all, over the weekend, were talking about how they're usually super excited to start school. And no one was really excited because it's not normal school, you know? Yeah. So, we'll see. Fingers crossed. Right. <laughs> Nobody really knows what we're doing. So, we're just winging right. it. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about winging it. Ev- we're winging this for sure. Everyone's winging everything. Yeah. I mean... Speaking of winging it, you with your your entrepreneurial endeavors with Nash and Gather, I mean, yeah. you must you must be learning new things all the time, not only about yourself but about your business and just like yeah, that's all I've just, done is wing it. Right. Well, <laughs> well, tell me about it. I yeah, mean, that, that must have been crazy. Yeah. So, I initially um, kind of soft launched the business in January and did kind of right. A it's six pretty week, new. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. It's yeah. It's not even a year old yet. It's such a baby. Um, I did kind of a test and learn phase with friends and family to just kind of try out the the meal. I do weekly ready to heat and eat meals and either I'll deliver them to your door or you'll pick them up. And that was one arm of the business. And so I was kind of testing that out with friends and family, just like the method, the menus, the quantities, all of that for those first six weeks. And then March 1st, I signed a six month lease with my kitchen launched Nash and Gather out into the world. The website was live, ordering was live, right? Did a whole launch party. I mean, the world was looking pretty rosy. And March 1st, right? And uh, two weeks later, the stay-at-home order comes out from the governor and it was sort of, it stopped. Everything stopped. And, you know, the lead up to what we thought was the stay-at-home order, I had just reached out to my existing clients, friends and family and said, because that was when grocery stores were scary. They were out of everything. It was chaos to go. Yeah. Everyone was really, like, really amped. And I said, okay, how can I help you? Like, what? Like, forget weeknight meals right now. Like, what do you need? How can I help serve you right now? And everyone said, help me stack my freezer. Help me stack my mm. freezer with meals that I can pack away. Because we just didn't know what the next 30, 60 days looked like. Um So I cranked out a ridiculous amount of, you know, good old Minnesota casseroles and mac and cheese and breakfast stuff and quiches and all kinds of stuff and loaded everybody up and then just kind of crossed my fingers thinking, okay, maybe they'll treat me like a restaurant because I do, you know, meal delivery, meal pickup service. But that first day at home, my attorney and I were on the phone and she was, she was like, it's kind of gray. It's gray for you because I'm not a traditional, I'm not a restaurant and I'm not based out of a restaurant. Um, I'm a caterer, but I'm not a restaurant caterer. You know, it's just, I was in this weird kind of place and I'm, it's just me. It's just me, myself and I. And so, you know, she said, you could decide to kind of ignore it and go forth, but that's not really my personality. I'm kind of a rule follower. Um, and with a brand new business, I was like, Oh, I don't know. So those first two weeks I took off and just kind of told my customers and clients, I don't know what's going to happen, but then had a really like emotional reality of, oh my gosh, what if this whole business goes away? Cause suddenly everyone's home to make dinner now. Like you don't need dinner cause you're home for however long. And that was kind of the pitch behind um, Nosh to go was 
you're picking up your kids from school, you want to get them something to eat before you run them to a sporting activity or to a lesson or whatever. And suddenly all that stopped and suddenly you're home all the time. You've got all the time in the world to make dinner. So, and then I also was like, this was so brand new. I mean, it literally was weeks old and my husband and I had hard conversations about, should we just shut this down? Should we put this on hold for a year? Like, should we, it was just so uncertain, right? And I was just devastated because I'd invested. I mean, you know, when you start a business, it's not like you have an idea and you start it the next day, right? There had been months of pre-work leading up to this. Um, And so I just, I kind of marinated in that ugly place for a while of what am I going to do? I'm talking to other entrepreneurs, you know, kind of leaning on friends. And everyone was like, I don't know, Liza, I feel like once you're able to be open in the kitchen again, you might have a new audience of people that are going to want weeknight meals for their family because turns out they suck at making dinner or they yeah. can only make three things and their family's sick of it. Or you've been on a Zoom call for nine hours and you're so brain fried, the last thing you can think about is making dinner, right? Have you actually been on a Zoom call for nine hours? <laughs> yes. Wait, really? Yeah. And all day. Mm-hmm. What so was that my for? husband. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What was it for? For one after another. You know what I mean? Meeting after meeting after meeting. Yeah, for sure. Oh, God. Um, yeah, it's mind-numbing. Just just quick caveat here. I hate Zoom so much. I yeah. don't know about you. But, like, there is just, I just, just video. That's why I do this in this format. It yeah. might be more inconvenient. There might be more ambiance that might be <laughs> annoying. I would seriously rather have that yeah. than do these interviews over Skype or Zoom. And, yeah. I mean, I'm ready to face the reality that I might have to go back to that with winter coming. But yeah. still, it's just... Yeah, it's very hard to, especially in my line of work, to really connect with someone in yes. a meaningful way. And it's even a problem when you're just trying to have a meeting and trying to get a point across. It just, I, it just, there's there's something missing. Yeah, and that's been one of the biggest bummers about this whole thing. It's just that that lack of connection. But it's it's, it's you know we're just kind of again we're winging it. It's yeah, what we've got. So. Yeah. So after I kind of got done feeling sorry for myself, I was like, okay, now what, Liza, right? Right. And it was right, the order was going to be modified right before Easter. And we kind of had a heads up that it would include, it open up a little bit more flexibility for people with businesses like mine. And so I thought, gosh, no one's going to be gathering for Easter with their families. Restaurants were closed at that time. They didn't have to-go options ready. I mean, it was real fresh and new. And I thought people are going to need they're still going to celebrate Easter, whether they're doing church online or they're churchy or not or whatever. Right. And so I kind of threw it out there on social to friends and family and clients and said, Hey, if I put together like a four course Easter, like brunch, would you guys buy this? And immediately within 24 hours, I mean, I I was blown away. Um, I kind of oversold it before I was like, Oh crap. How many did I actually just sell? Um, but cranked it out and people were so grateful, right? And immediately said, please do this for Mother's Day because they were looking a month ahead. And what I what I knew was that Easter's the number one busiest day for restaurants of the year. And right after that is Mother's Day. They're the two busiest days of, that's where they do the most business the whole year. And I thought, okay, people are going to want this option for Mother's Day. And as the kind of the month drew on, I realized Not only did they want like a Mother's Day brunch for their little four-person, five-person nuclear family, but then I did a two-person option where you could add on your parents, send it to your parents, you guys could connect over Zoom and have Easter brunch together or FaceTime or whatever and share the same meal even though you couldn't be together. Um, 
and so I threw that out there, pivoted again, and it, it went like that. And people were like, yes, I 100% in. Can I buy two or three? Or can I... I had some people that would send them to their neighbors, brunch wow. to their neighbors, or right? Because, again, restaurants weren't really... They were kind of working out that to-go thing. Some were, like, just totally closed still. And it was, um, it was kind of crazy, but people didn't want to stop celebrating. They didn't want to stop having kind of these special events. Um, especially Mother's Day when your mom's been homeschooling you and doing all that. Like, you know, husbands were calling me, Liza, I need your help. Um, so that, that happened for a while. And then I kind of got it back into weeknight cooking right before George Floyd was murdered. Mm -hmm. Um, and then everything kind of stopped again, right? Because, um, I, my kitchen's in South Minneapolis. We weren't kind of sure where all the chaos was happening. Um, rightfully so but and I actually we lived blocks from where he was murdered wow. for 10 years in South Minneapolis so I knew that neighborhood I've got friends that still live there um so that was another like okay I can't just keep doing my normal thing and so I reached out to clients and said hey you know I don't want to cook for you this week I want to cook for families who've been affected by this who've lost everything you people friends or families and students in that area were getting groceries delivered but or grocery pickup but sometimes a hot meal is like all you want after you've had PB&J and whatever. Um, and so I connected with a mom who teaches at one of the schools in South Minneapolis and I said, hey, can you connect me to however this works, but some families who've been really impacted in this neighborhood and can, can I help? And she was like, absolutely. So for, you know, a couple of weeks, that's what I did was bang out meals for those families. And my clients were so generous, you know, they would say, here's, you know, money for groceries, go do this. I don't need food this week. Um, cause everyone was kind of in that giving place again mm -hmm. of like, we got to do something right. Um, and then my kitchen mates at kitchen space, we ended up keeping that ongoing throughout the summer, um, just in a smaller quantity and just again, connected with a school and just said, we're going to give you meals once a week, hot meals, ready to go. You decide who gets them. You know, we don't need to be involved in that. Um, and that's been really great too, because we all kind of had this thought of, okay, there's going to be all this donating happening kind of right away after the impact and for a few weeks after that neighborhood had suffered so greatly but what about July and August and September um so I'm back to now doing regular weeknight cooking again and um that's kind of that arm of the business and what's funny again is that when I started this I thought that would be kind of just a side kind of gig of doing pop-up dinner parties and doing catering and doing other things but that's turned into kind of the growth of what's happening right now and I'm selling out every week and I get wow. new families all the time I'm not really advertising much it's kind of happening word of mouth so yeah it's been pivot 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 <laughs> pivot so and who knows I mean who knows what's going to happen right because right. I'm already thinking ahead to okay I don't think people are going to grandma's for Thanksgiving this year you know, you, they're going to need a small Thanksgiving option. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it really is an incredible story of just having this this business that you created and having all these hopes and dreams for it. And then all of a sudden the world was like, nope, no. here's what, here's what you're going to actually do. Yeah. Time out. Yeah. <laughs> here's the real deal. Right. And I think, um, I just think it's been, you know, as horrible as these things have been, both the paradigm shifting nature of the murder of George 
George Floyd and the pandemic, as horrible as these things have been, they've almost been necessary for a lot of us to really rethink who we are and like change what we're doing in a fundamental way. Not just like, oh, I got to do things differently. No, no, just really look deeply and understand, okay, who am I? What's my mission? Uh, Am I being selfless enough? Am I giving enough? And I mean, maybe it's some sort of karma for electing the person that we did, not to get political or anything, but it's just, it's really interesting that this is happening at this moment. And it's so important that, you know, we, we, we do what, what you have done and we just find ways, okay, solution, solution, solutions, instead of just kind of like bowing down to it and being like, this is too much. I hate this. This is horrible. This is such a terrible year. I, I, I think this is just a really great, again, a really great opportunity for us to understand how we can change and enact change. And it's given me, and I hope it's done this for you, but it's given me confidence in knowing that, okay, if I was able to handle this right. without like a moving back to my parents' house and like keeping right. my creative work going, I almost feel like I can handle anything because this has just yeah. been an onslaught of stuff. Right. And I feel like I've gotten so creative in my life and with my work and I hope you feel the same way. I mean, yeah. obviously by your story, I'm sure you do. Right. Just we've become new problem solvers. Right. Entirely. And you're right. You know, my husband and I have had this conversation of, okay, if I can, if this new business makes it and I turn a profit, even if it's a small one this year, <laughs> I mean, praise be, right? Wow. It's just, right. you know, the fact that I, I have felt so grateful, one, that I have been able and had the support both from him and my landlord and my people that I share space with at the kitchen and other women entrepreneurs that I kind of treat like my board of directors to say, okay, this is, you know, this is my struggle. Let's brainstorm around how, you know, to do this. I did a state fair menu two weeks ago, you know, which was tricky because all the food at the state fair is deep fried. And I'm thinking, okay, like what, how can I spin that a little bit and kind of give people nourish them a little bit and take the sting out of not having the state fair a little bit. Um, And again, it sold out. It was great. And it was, but it was, it's been really nice to kind of pause and think, okay, how can I creatively turn and shift a little bit, but still people need to eat. People need to be nourished. People need to come together with their families and eat. Um, Some catering gigs are starting to come back, socially distanced, everything's prepackaged, but those things aren't going away, right? We're just kind of creatively pivoting on how to do that and produce that right now. I've done some anniversary dinners. You know, people have wanted to celebrate their anniversary and not just get takeout from a restaurant, even though that's great. Trust me, I'm ordering so much takeout right now. Um, But could we curate kind of a more personalized menu you know, can I make you a pan of risotto and just give you instructions on how to reheat it or et cetera. And so that's been kind of the arm of the business that's surprised and kind of come up out of nowhere. I'm calling it gather your way because again, you and I are brainstorming and being creative about what's your need? What event are you celebrating? Is it a backyard patio with your girlfriends with six people sitting six feet apart, but you want little individual charcuterie boxes or, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so that's been really fun too to kind of creatively spend some time working on that and people are still getting married they're just getting married with 10 people or 20 people or you know it's just different and it'll be interesting to kind of see how much of that stays 
different and how much of it I don't know kind of changes back to the way it used to be or a new normal I keep calling it of whatever yeah. however we land you know in the future right so, we're, all, we're all using the same words a new right? normal pivot or, right? whatever these are all like the buzzwords Pods, right now. that's what everyone's using at school right now oh what pot are you in right I'm like, oh that's such a strange Super word weird yeah. yeah we're living in a very strange future right yeah. now yeah um but no speaking of uh this idea of creativity i mean what is your creative process you mentioned that as a female entrepreneur you have like a brain trust of other female entrepreneurs yeah. that you go to and like talk to about things and discuss yeah. with i mean yeah what's your process with that um so it's called the business women's circle and everyone is a solo entrepreneur in a different field and we meet once a month um, so everyone's kind of an expert in what they do, but because we're all solo, we don't have a marketing department or a lawyer or a finance person, right? So we kind of bring it to this group, um, and they structure these meetings to the, to where, you know, we kind of check in with our businesses and then mm-hmm. allow time for like, what do you need help with right now? And they've been crucial. I mean, every big decision that I've made starting with just the creation of this business like should I do this do you think there's a market for this has has been cleared by them because I value their input so much and they're all creative entrepreneurs in their own right so you know when a door gets closed with COVID or whatever you know they're the first group text I go to and say okay you guys here's what's happening and they've done the same um so that I I I always say like I treat them like my board of directors for sure um And then, yeah, my husband, you know, like making sure, okay, like how are we going to do school? And I have a job that I have to leave the house and go cook for and he can work at home. And how do we manage all of that? I mean, it's a constant conversation. Um, So, yeah, that that kind of team of um, of people has just been crucial with with the business. I mean, what a blessing that is, though, as a female entrepreneur to have a group of other females who you can speak to and be like hey this is what's going on and they can relate to what you're going through and they can understand and I mean that's just I feel like that's crucial to success yeah I mean it's just having that brain trust of people who you can be so deeply relatable with yeah and just be like really open and honest with I mean and vulnerable vulnerable too vulnerability just yeah at some point say should I shut this down? Should I, you know, is this not the right time to pursue this business is, you know, and we've kind of all had those conversations because they're all in different fields and COVID's affected all of us. And so, yeah, having that crew has just been, I would for sure not have had the courage or kind of the guidance to even start the business or pursue it if I wouldn't have had that kind of core group of women badasses in their own way. Yeah. 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 Well, this might be a bit of a detour, but speaking of you and your husband, how have you two been doing? <laughs> um, you know, it's been it's been bumpy. You know, kind of when everyone came home, I've got this new business that you know was in its infancy. You know, that I just felt needed so much nurturing, and all of a sudden, I was a stay-at-home mom for eleven years launched all my kids into school last fall thinking all right let's do something new time for mom to kick some yeah. ass after kicking ass at home time right. to kick ass exactly. in like the business let's world kick, let's kick ass doing something new yeah. um and so yeah it definitely took some of those conversations about roles and responsibilities and expectations and how are we going to do this and you know obviously like you know the business is not super profitable right now because this is a building year 
But, you know, he has this attitude of just because I make so much more money than you doesn't mean that I, I, he's like, I can't ask you to just stop this or just not do this. He's like, you've invested so much into this. So he's been super supportive, but definitely it was bumpy just trying to figure out how do we manage this? Who manages school in the morning? Do I shift my kitchen hours and go to the kitchen later in the day so that I can help with distance learning too? Turns out that I am the worst teacher. He's way more patient, way more tech savvy than I am. So he, um, it ended up being, you know, Mr. Atkinson was better than Mrs. Atkinson. Yeah. Um, which is okay. You know, he's just like, and, he, and his job's been really flexible with understanding, look, all of a sudden you have kids at home, you know, like work when you can, figure it out. That's shifting a little bit as this keeps going on. You know, I think expectations at his job will change a little bit. Um, but yeah, we just, at the end of the day, it's, we just kind of keep coming back to each other if we've had a rough day or we've had an argument about something like this is a pandemic like we don't really know no one knows what they're doing you know so we just kind of keep coming back to that of we're doing the best we can we're probably screwing things up but you know we're just trying to figure it out and we've said too as we transition to this school year and trying to figure out schedule and balance and transition you know the conversation has been around how do we make it work this time and how is it different um and it could change all the time Mm -hmm. i mean our school district has said the schedule could change weekly and you just have to go with it right because what's the alternative right and at the end of the day our kids will be okay right we have we're able to make this figure it out if we need a tutor we need a tutor if we need to shift our schedules we can but the thing that keeps me up at night is all the other kids that don't have parents with flexible schedules like we do like those are the kids that aren't going to be okay through this and that's the really crappy part about it yeah yeah that's and that that's a thing that I've been thinking about too just this because there's just a general overarching sense of anxiety that some of us can't help but feel sometimes about a lot of different things but you also just have to be real about yourself I mean we have this urge to be like man other people are so much worse off than me but there's you you can do what you can do in your life and that's what you have to focus on and and as long as you are working as hard as you can to be compassionate with your husband and to be patient with your children that is incredible and that's what you can do it's it's i think thinking about others in that way it's understandable but that that could put you in a tough place to get out of because there's always people that could use help right and just the fact that you're focusing on your life right now in the best way that you can is really important. And I think you bring up a good point too with you and your husband, just being, just having a general sense of compassion and patience toward each other and, yeah. and realizing it's bumpy right now, but it's bumpy for everyone. And it's just, again, this whole theme of no one knows what's going on and we're doing the best we can. Yeah. It's not like a, a fight about this very generic issue that all couples face. It's right. just like, we're going through a global pandemic right, right now. It was just like, right. honey, like relax. During the summer of social <laughs> unrest, you know, like, right. I mean, yeah, there's, yeah, it's a lot. So I think reminding each other of that often is helpful yeah. too. And, you know, again, we get to the end of the day and it's like, well, like, what does tomorrow look like? You know, it's just hard to look kind of further out than 
tomorrow, the week, the weekend. Okay, that's it. That's as far as I can go, right? I mean, I would even argue, don't even look... I mean, you maybe you kind of have to for your business. I get it. But yeah. I would argue that you should be focused on today as much as you can. Like, yeah. how are you doing today? How are your kids today? How yeah. is your husband? How is Nash and Gather? Is that going okay? Yeah. If it's all going okay, great. Right. I mean, next week hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Yeah. But also as a business owner, I do feel this pressure to think about, okay... What does fourth quarter look like? I mean, it's hard, right? It's because, a balancing act, yeah. You know, and again, going back to my group, my business women's circle, you know, we're all on a group text having those conversations about, you know, several of them work in retail or sell re- items that are sold in retail. And they are just like, how do we plan for holiday this year? What does holiday look like? What does, you know, am I going to be cranking out ridiculous amounts of cinnamon rolls for Christmas morning because no one is going to be celebrating Christmas with their extended family? Am I, you know, like what, how can I show up and what are, what are my clients and customers going to need? But also balancing that with like my capacity and not burning myself out, but yet seeing this opportunity for growth right now and a lot of conversations that are coming in with friends right now are thinking, oh my gosh, Liza, I think your business is really going to explode this fall. And that's exciting, but it's also kind of terrifying because I'm I'm like, okay, great. In a normal situation, I'd be like all in, go big or go home. But what if in two weeks all my kids are home, full-time distance learning again? Like how it's just a constant, right? But I think, yeah, as a business owner, it's hard not to say, okay, how are we going to get through the end of this year? I don't know. It's so tricky right now. There's no right way right. to do it. Yeah. But I mean, I would say you have figured it up up until now. You right. figured it out up until now. What makes you think you're not going to figure it out in the next right. few months? It's going to be, sure, it's going to be hard. This whole year has been hard. Right. And if you figured out the, cra- I mean, you're still afloat after everything yeah. that's happened. Yeah. I, 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 I don't see any issue in you continuing your current trajectory. Again, don't have an expectation of it's going to be smooth right. sailing. There's going to be a lot. But this is just, maybe this is a part of your story. This is like your trial by fire. Right. Where you're going to go through this and it's going to be insane and crazy. But this is going to be the foundation that you lay to really build up something yeah. impressive. And I think that's what a lot of entrepreneurs are kind of going through right now is that they have really, really great things awaiting for them in the future, but right now they're kind of laying the groundwork by, again, this trial by fire thing, where they are learning in the most high pressure situations possible. And that's the best way to learn, honestly. (laughs) I mean, for me personally, and um, sometimes I say this to professors, and I don't think they get too happy about it, but I think a lot of my biggest learning experiences in college were from like extracurricular involvement like being involved with like the student newspaper and being like editor-in-chief and like we publish an error like this really bad error and being like oh my god okay let's figure this out as a team how do we redact this blah blah blah. i mean i learned more from that situation than like taking an exam on editing right at at you know 2 p.m in some building on the north part of campus you know and that's just life right right. i mean you're always learning from some of those big mistakes or failures right and that's just and that's what it's gonna look like for a lot of us for this you know these upcoming months it's just gonna be a lot of new situation new situation new situation okay how do I adapt to this one how do I adapt to this one but that's all gonna add to your like toolkit or in your inventory to be a good entrepreneur yeah yeah it'll be really interesting kind of at the end of the year when you analyze you know and I think we do this a lot where you kind of like highlight especially as a business owner you know like 
you know, profit and loss, what are the successes, what are whatever, but I always like to look at, okay, what is like my biggest failure of the year? Because I do think you're right. I do think it is your biggest learning moment. Like what, I mean, and you can laugh about it, you know, like, oh my gosh, I tried this. I can't believe I tried it. It was a total, you know, I didn't sell any of it or whatever it is. But yeah, I do think those are the pieces more than your profit and loss at the end of the year that that's the thing you kind of take away of, okay. But like, how did you take that failure and then learn from right. it and change direction or whatever? I mean, it's not like you fail at something and don't learn anything. Right. But and failing, and failing is cool because you go into a situation trying your best. It's not like you're going to, yeah. you're going into it with like a <laughs> man, this is going to suck. This is going to suck <laughs> and it's going to fail. No, you like went into it with the best expectations possible. Right. Like I'm going to make this and then no one bought it or right. I'm going to like take this Avenue and you decided that you should have done a 180. I mean, right. you always go into it with the best intentions and, and this idea that this is the best way going forward. And that's just such an enlightening moment to like have to be humbled by life and yeah. be like, no, you did not know shit in this situation. You were supposed to do that instead. And yeah. to look back on that and really reflect on those and see what you can take away from that is, is really crucial. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I always kind of ask this general question and we've already been talking about it, so maybe I shouldn't even ask it, but what the hell? I mean, going forward, just your your your, your mindset with everything and your attitude, I mean... You, you, you talk about that you can't help but look at, you know, the the quarters of, of these upcoming seasons. I mean, especially in your business, you have this is such a crucial time yeah. coming with, like, Thanksgiving and, yeah. and Christmas and all these different types of holidays that are almost, like, based around sharing a table with other people, yep. which, we can't, which we presumably can't really do this year. No. I mean... I, I, what are your I mean we've kind of already discussed it but I mean what are your your thoughts your your attitudes going into it right now I mean are you doing any preparation already as we head in to the fall yeah and, and yeah I'm already um you know floating the Thanksgiving idea out there to people and I've had I have a wait list of people that are like when can I buy it um doing a lot of recipe testing and researching in terms of, you know, how do I pull off a Thanksgiving for two people or four people? You know, I've only ever made Thanksgiving for ridiculous amounts of people, so I need to do some homework there. Yeah. Um, do I need to shoot it? Do I need to shoot it to promote it? Do I need to, you know, where it kind of is that at? Um, I'm hiring some kitchen help because I need that. And so as we head into fall, again I work in a shared kitchen so just making sure that whoever's coming in is also being really careful and where else are they you know it's just it's since everyone I share the space with we're all only solo you know cooks or chefs it's um we've been really mindful about who are we bringing into our space to share that with us and yeah just creatively you know writing menus right now that feel fallish that feel this cool weather that will nourish people and kind of you know the best response I get are from clients after I've delivered or after they've picked up and that night they're having dinner with their family and they're like oh my gosh this was the best or this was you know we look forward to this night every week this is our favorite night of the week or whatever that's what kind of fills me up and fuels me to keep going but also kind of looking at it from a standpoint of 
you know, you know, if a dish, let's say like chicken fajitas or something, which I also will make like a homemade salsa and homemade guacamole. And so, but how much labor is involved with creating something like that versus, you know, soup that's really turnkey. It's all in a pot. You blend it up. You know what I mean? So that's one, one of my failures of learnings of like, oh, I want to, I, I love making that. I made that for my family. They think it's the bee's knees, but when you produce it times 50, how much time are you spending putting things in little dishes that, you know, and then the labor that you're spending doing that. So that's kind of what's on my mind right now in terms of streamlining a little bit, really analyzing when I'm writing menus. And that's the part I love the most is recipe creation, doing recipe testing, writing menus. Um, and then can I hand that off to the staff then in the kitchen and be like, okay, you chop the 80 pounds of onions, you, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, so it feels exciting to kind of be in that place of being able to hire and bring people into the kitchen. Um, and then kind of thinking other creative ways of collaborating with my partners in the kitchen and saying, okay, as we head into winter and maybe who knows what's going to happen with restaurants or who knows if we're going to be another under another stay at home order, how can we produce a monthly date night for course, you know, fixed menu that people could pick up maybe it's the first weekend of the month and maybe it's a date night you have at home and maybe it's some of those like more special dishes that I'm not banging out for weeknight meals for your kids but it's like scallops risotto and it's you know fancier things um because you might not be going out very much this winter I mean we just don't know so yeah and that's the part that fires me up too I love that sort of cooking very seasonally writing menus that feel like this time of year but then how can we make things a little bit more special not knowing what you know I don't think you're going out for New Year's Eve this year Mm -hmm. you know I don't know maybe you are um but giving people another option something that we can kind of continue to nourish and fill people up while they're at home yeah and I think that's a really good point to end on is using for again for any entrepreneur whether you're a female one a male one or you're just trying to figure out your own creative endeavor during this time is use that 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 you know what, what you call getting fired up or or your why yeah. as to why you're doing what you're doing and for you it's just that imagery of people really sitting down at a table and enjoying a meal in a way that they haven't done for ages because they just haven't been able to eat the way that they have wanted to maybe. Right. And I think if you use that kind of as your North Star during this during this time, I mean, you can do anything. Like no matter what situation life is gonna put you in, that idea will fuel whatever you need to figure out in that moment. Like, okay, I need to put food on the table for these people, how am I gonna do it? And is, is the best way for me to do that is to film this which will then get the word out which will then make that happen i mean that's how those ideas get generated if you care enough about what you're doing the ideas will come yeah and i think i think a lot of people who do creative work just worry too much about that and i i'm just of this belief that if you care enough the ideas will come there's no there's no point in getting worried about like how things are going to look and that's just kind of like the general message that i've been talking about but yeah um yeah, and as a foodie, I mean, <laughs> yeah. like, I, I get so excited about, like, oh, my gosh, it is a little cooler. Okay, like, I'm super excited about soups over the next yeah. month. And, you know, um, people who say to me, oh, you know, like, 
that aren't foodies or aren't they don't really care what they eat you know I'm sort of like oh, we can't be friends you know <laughs> I just you're not my people right. <laughs> you know so yeah right yeah a, a good healthy optimism going into this next quarter is, is great yeah and I, I mean I personally love it when it gets colder I mean as sucky as it gets the further we go I yeah. mean and even though this year is going to feel different I huge fan of fall yeah I like layers I like bundling up I yep. like soups that's why we live I, here I like the changing of the colors yeah. I just I don't know I'm able to appreciate summer more Agreed. if I go through a, well, a cycle you know? absolutely and this summer for sure I was outside more this summer yeah. than I've been any any summer in the past and because it, right and it feels like it's over right now because it's, it's like not. it's like barely 50 right yeah. now but it's not over because I looked at the weather out. I looked at the weather yeah. and it's going to be nice coming up it's so just a mother nature fake out like psych like get ready it's, but. So, it's so funny I don't know if this is a thing but I lived in Wisconsin my whole life and then moving Same. here oh did you really yeah moving here I don't know. This is so stupid because I don't. There's really not that much of a difference. But ever since I moved here, I started actually checking the weather. Like I have never checked the weather in my entire life until <laughs> I moved here, because it's just so unpredictable. And it's just like when it's good, you really want to take advantage of it. So I like I always yeah. have to know. Yeah. So and people in the Midwest are obsessed with the weather. I guess that's just a Midwestern. I mean, can you can you imagine living in San Diego where it's like sunny and eighty every day? I mean, What's it going to be in two weeks? Oh, like, sunny and eighty. Why do they even pay the weather people there? There. You know, right. I mean, they, it's always the same. We're in the Midwest. It literally, it, throughout a day, it, I mean, you could have four seasons in a day. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's bananas. Yeah. All right. Well, let's end there. Okay. It, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. Thanks for coming same. here. Absolutely. And I, I look forward to how things evolve and change for you and how, how you grow throughout this next quarter. And I'm, I'm really excited for you. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. Hey there. Thanks for listening. If you want to support Liza, I'll include a link to where you can order. This is coming out on a Friday, and orders are due the next day, Saturday, September 12th by noon, so get on that ASAP if you're interested. If you're not able to make that in time, just sit tight. You can order one of her meals in the following weeks. As a reminder, be sure to follow the podcast on the official Instagram page, which you can now find at Food Under Fire Pod. You can also find it on Facebook as well under the same name. If you enjoy the show, consider subscribing on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can also share with a friend or leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you next time. Take care. <laughs>